0: Well, today we're going to begin a brand new series entitled Bless, and we're going to talk about what it means to be mission minded. And uh, our mission, should we choose to accept it, amen, uh, really has the potential and the power to change our lives. And I really want to say it like this I want to challenge you to think about something. I believe. That when we embrace the mission that God has for our lives, it is that mission that really unlocks the supernatural power of God in our lives, and it is that mission that connects us to what it means to really live a fulfilled life with joy and peace that comes from living for something bigger than ourselves. How many of you realize that if you live your life just for yourself, you're going to live a pretty boring life? Uh, but the reality is is God has called us to something bigger. We are actually a part of the mission of God, and God has invited us in to be a part of His great mission. Amen. So let's look together at that first point on your outline. So what does it mean uh, to have a mission mindset? And how do we apply that to our lives as Christians? We're going to kind of answer that question today, and then we're going to begin a series uh, over the next few weeks and really kind of unpackage what does it mean to really have a spiritual strategy to walk out the mission that God has given us as the local church. Amen? So let me give you a definition for a mission. A mission is simply an assignment. A mission is an assignment it has four specific things. A mission is an assignment that has a goal, that has a deadline, that has a team, and that has a strategy. And we're going to talk today about our goal, we're going to talk about our deadline, and we're going to talk about our team, and we're going to begin today to lay the foundation for our strategy that we're really going to unpackage together over the next four weeks. But I want you to think for just a minute about your life. Uh, most of us Have a mission mindset when it comes to our families. If you still have kids, anybody have uh, kids that are still at home and still in school? Anybody got folks with kids that are still at home, still in school? Well, you understand this, right? You understand if you have kids at home, every day you have a mission. You have a goal, right? When everybody gets home from school, when everybody gets home from work, right, we've got to get the homework done. Uh, we've got to get baths taken, we've got to get supper fixed, we've got to get the dishes done, and we all got to do it and be done by 9 o'clock, right, because everybody's got to go to bed, because if we don't get in bed, everybody's going to suffer tomorrow. <laughs> and so if you're in a family, you probably recognize you operate with a mission mindset. You understand in your family every day there's a goal that we got to accomplish, there's a deadline that we got to meet. There's a team that's working together. How many of you understand that if everybody doesn't do their part, it really makes it hard on the entire family, right? Mom's got to do her part. Dad's got to do his part. The kids have got to do their part. If you're a single parent, then it's you and the kids. If you're living by yourself, it's all you, right? You might be a one-man show here today. But we all recognize that when you're a part of a team, everybody really is essential to what happens in that process. And then in your family, you actually have a strategy. Right? You understand, right? We actually homeschooled our kids, so it was a little bit different. But I understood, especially with Levi who loved video games, that unless the work was done before the video game started, nothing good was going to happen that day. Right? There was a strategy. We've got to do first things first. There's a process. There's a procedure of things that we've got to do in order, in order to accomplish the goal. And so most of us kind of, even though we've probably never said it or even really thought it, most of us really have a mission mindset when it comes to our family. Most of us have a mission mindset when it comes to our jobs, right? Almost everybody in here that's going to go to work tomorrow, you're going to go to work and you're going to understand tomorrow we've got a goal. There's an assignment. There's something that I've got to do today on my job. And you're going to recognize that not only are there goals that have to be accomplished, there's some deadlines. Maybe the deadline is tomorrow afternoon. Maybe it's next Friday. Maybe it's next month. We've got to finish the project. We've got to close the deal. We've got to make the new connection. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, you realize not only is there a goal, but there's a deadline. And then you also realize there's a team, right? I'm a part of this bigger organization, and everybody's got to do their part because we have a strategy, and if we abandon the strategy, things get chaotic and things get confusing. But here's the challenge. Most of us recognize in our family we have a mission. On our job, we have a mission. But when it comes to Christianity, most Christians are not living their Christian life on mission. Most Christians don't realize there's a daily goal. There's a deadline, there's a team, and there's a strategy. And because of that, most Christians never experience, I really believe, the fulfillment of life that God has called us to. And most Christians never tap into the supernatural power of God because we only experience God's power when we do God's work. How many know you don't need God's power to build your kingdom? You need God's power to build His kingdom. And so when we begin to live on mission, what begins to happen is we begin to connect ourselves not only to the fulfillment and the purpose and the joy that comes from living for something bigger than ourselves, but we begin to connect ourselves to the power of God that makes Christianity so exciting and so dynamic. So let's talk a little about about our mission. So look at that next point. So we have a mission and we have an assignment. Now, if you're a part of Liberty Church, and this is your home church, and you're a part of our family, I want you to know you are a part of a church that's on mission, amen? And we have defined our mission this way. We said this is our mission, this is our assignment, to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil, right? The vision statement at Liberty Church is really simple. We said we want to reach out, and we want to raise up. We want to reach out into a broken, hurting world, and we want to raise people up into their full potential in Christ. And then under our vision statement is our mission statement. And our mission statement basically tells us how are we going to do that? How are we going to reach out and raise people up to their full potential in Christ? This is how we're going to do it. We're going to win souls, we're going to make disciples, and we're going to destroy the works of the devil. Now you might say, well, Pastor Keith, why in the world would you say that's our mission? Because that was the mission and the model and the example that Jesus set while he was on planet Earth. When you look at the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, there were three main arenas that you could almost put everything that Jesus did into. One arena, number one, Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. How many are glad He came to save sinners? Anybody? I'm so glad He came to save sinners like me and you. And so Jesus came to win souls. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. And then we see through Jesus' life, That not only did He give Himself as a sacrifice for our sins to save us, but while He was here on earth, He actually made 12 disciples, and then He told those disciples to go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. (laughs) Right? So we see that Jesus was here to win souls. He was here to make disciples, and I love what 1 John says. 1 John says this. It says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested into the world, that He might destroy the works of God of the devil. The book of Acts says that everywhere that Jesus went, He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, Jesus was winning souls, making disciples, and destroying the works of the devil. That sums up the mission and ministry of His life on planet Earth, and it sets the standard for what God has called us to do. Now look at the rest of this statement, because I want you to see this. So we are not trying to convert people. Our goal is to connect people. And I want to stop there for just a second. About two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit quickened that in my heart. He said, Keith, do you realize the goal of Christianity is not to convert people? We're not trying to convert people to our religion, because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God. We're not trying to convert people to our way of thinking. We are trying to connect people to the God of heaven and earth that created them, that loves them, and that sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for them. And that's so awesome when you think about it. We're not trying to convert you. We're trying to connect you. We're not trying to convert lost people, we're trying to connect lost people. We're not trying to convert a broken world, we're trying to connect a broken world to the God that created it, to the God that loves it, to the God that sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And so we're not trying to convert people, we're trying to connect people to the God of heaven and earth. And that's our goal. And so, when you think about our mission, our mission has a specific goal. And the goal of Christianity, a foundational goal, there's a lot of things that we do. There's a lot of ministry that takes place. And there's a lot of aspects of ministry. But let me just say this to you today. It all begins with connecting people to Christ. Because until a person connects to God through His Son, Jesus Christ, there is no salvation, there is no discipleship, and there is no deliverance. Nothing happens until you connect to God. Nothing happens until you cross that bridge of salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and enter into not a religion, but enter into a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Have you ever had somebody, and you thought, man, I got this friend over here, and I got this friend over here, and they just really should meet each other. You ever had some of that stuff happen in your life? You know, like, man, I know this person, and I think if they would ever just get together, they'd be best friends. Let me just tell you something. When the people in your life that don't know God, and you love them, I hope you love them, by the way. We just spent four weeks talking about loving our neighbor, right? (laughs) When the people in your life that don't know God that you love and then you have a relationship with a God that created us, the God that loves us, the God that sent His Son to die for us, you ought to be thinking every day, how can I connect these people together? Because that is the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is not to convert people. The goal of Christianity is to connect people. Because when people connect to God in a real genuine relationship, souls are saved, disciples are made, and the works of the devil are destroyed in people's lives. Amen? So I want you to look with me in Second Corinthians chapter five, because the Apostle Paul lays this out so clearly as he defines our goal, which is to connect people to God. Look what he says. He says, "This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun." How many of you know that Jesus does change lives, Amen? And when you connect to Christ, you connect to a brand new life. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. How many of you are glad you're not who you used to be? (laughs) Amen? Amen. I'm so glad I'm not who I used to be. Now, look at verse 18. He says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. I want you to use the word assignment. Here's our assignment, guys. Here's our mission. Here's God's goal for our lives. God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. God has given us this task. The goal of Christianity is reconciliation. God has given us this task task of reconciling the world to Himself. Now the word reconcile has two main basic meanings. The first one is really lived out in that very next verse. I just read it to you. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. The first definition of the word reconcile means to settle accounts. Anybody in here know what it means to reconcile a checkbook? All you young people know what a checkbook is. (laughs) My kids have never had a checkbook. If they can't swipe their card, they don't know how to buy it, right? Well, back in the day, we used to talk a lot about reconciling our checkbook, right? You've got to settle the accounts. Now, the Bible says that God in Christ was reconciling the world to himself. This is how it looks. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. Jesus paid a debt he didn't know. And he reconciled the accounts, brought our balance to zero. Right? He settled the accounts. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't know. So he could settle the accounts and bring us back to a place of settled accounts with God where our, our balance is now zero. And so the Bible says God was in Christ reconciling, settling the accounts that were against us, and now God has committed to us the task of reconciliation. The second definition of the word reconcile means to settle the accounts, here it is, for the purpose of restoring the relationship. Now, let me ask you a question. We'll just kind of maybe laugh about this a little bit. Don't point at anybody uh, as I talk about this, but have you ever had a family or a friend? that you loan money to. You ever loan money to a family member or a friend, and they said, I'm going to pay you on Friday. And Friday came, and they didn't pay. And Monday came, and they didn't pay. And next Friday came, and they didn't pay. And a month of Fridays came, and they didn't pay. Let me ask you something. What did that debt do to that relationship? Let me tell you what it did. The person that owed you the money, they started avoiding you. They started avoiding you. They started going the other direction, walking the other way, not returning the text messages, not returning the phone calls, and because they owed you, they avoided you. Now, let me tell you what it did for you. You were still looking for them, but you weren't looking for them because you were desiring relationship with them. You were now looking for them, wondering, are they ever going to pay me what they owe me? And so you know what God did through Jesus? God settled the accounts. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't owe. So he could settle the accounts. Why? Because he wanted to restore the relationship. He wanted to bring us back to a place of restoration in relationship with God, where I don't have to avoid God, and God don't have to look to me wondering if I'm going to pay. The debt has been paid, the path has been paved, and now we can come to God and have life. And God not only did that for us, now God, hear this, desires to do that through us to other people. So look at the next verse, verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors, representatives of God, and God is making his appeal through us. That's a sobering statement to me, guys. God is making his appeal to a lost, broken, hurting world through us. We are the vessels, we are the vehicles, we are the instruments, we are the people that God is now using to reach a world that needs to be reconciled and reconnected to a God that loves them. Look what he says. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Our goal, our mission, should we accept it, is to connect people to God, to take up the task, the assignment of reconciliation. Jesus paid the price to restore the relationship, and now we have the honor and the privilege of sharing that message of restoration, that you can be forgiven, that you can be free, and you can come back to God because of what Jesus has done. That's our goal. That's our mission. That's our assignment. But a mission doesn't just have a goal. A mission has a deadline. I want you to look at that next point because we have a deadline. I want you to see this. We have a deadline, and today is the day of salvation. And now is the appointed time. Our mission, guys, and our assignment from God requires a daily response. I want you to think about this for a second. Every day is somebody's last day to accept Christ. Every day is somebody's last day to accept Christ. Today people will die and step into eternity, many without knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And today will be their last day. So if today is somebody's last day to accept Jesus, then today is our day to share Jesus. Today is our day to connect people to Christ. Now let me just say this to you. The reality is, is we can't do everything and we can't reach everybody. But we can do something and we can reach somebody. And so the mission that God has given us to reconcile a lost and dying world to know Christ is that God has given us this message, and the deadline is simply this. Every day we need to do something to help somebody connect to Christ. Now we're going to spend the next four weeks as we talk about our strategy for doing this, and we're going to talk about how very practical and how very applicable it is but I want to just challenge you today to understand that we have a daily deadline that says every day I need to do something to help somebody connect to Christ. How many of you are glad God doesn't take a vacation? And how many of you know the devil doesn't either? So how many of you realize we should spend every day doing something to help somebody connect to Christ. And we're going to talk about some very practical ways to do that. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul is actually continuing his letter, verse 21, that we just read, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And then look what he says in the very next verse. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is when? The right time is now. When's the right time to connect people to Christ? Now. When's the right time to reach out and help somebody know Jesus? Now. The right time is now, for today is the day of salvation. So we have a goal. Our goal is to connect people to the God that created them, the God that loves them, the God that sent his son Jesus to die for them. We have a deadline. We have a daily deadline because every day is somebody's last day. then I want you to see this. We have a team. Look at that next point. We have a team. We are working together and we are working with God. God. If you're here today and you're a child of God, you've been saved by grace, you believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus and Jesus alone, without works of the flesh, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. And guess what? We're all on the same team. And we're working together, and God is working with us to see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 3. Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And the one who plants and the one who waters, look at this, work together with the same purpose. I plant, you water. You water, I plant. I plant, you water. You water, I plant. And guess what's happening? We're all working together. We're all working together to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth. We're all working together to see people that are far from God connect to God and find the saving grace that only Jesus Christ can bring. We're working together. Now, I want to just challenge you with a little simple thought. What would happen if we really worked together? What would happen if the saved people in your family identified the lost people in your family and said, hey, why don't we actually purposely work together to see that person come to know Jesus? Not trying to convert them, trying to connect them to a real relationship with God. I know everybody in the family, we're all praying for everybody in the family, but what if we got on purpose about it? What if we really began to work together? What if all the saved people on your job started working together to reach the lost people on your job? I mean, think about it. What if we really started working together? I'm going to give you a strategy in just a minute. We're going to spend the next four weeks unpacking that strategy, and it's very practical and very applicable, and every person in this room can do what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. But I want to just settle in your mind today that we are a team, and we are, yes, we're working together, but I believe there is another level of intensity that we can walk in. What if we purposely work together? Well, Pastor Keith, do you mean we ought to target people that don't know God? Absolutely. Yeah. How many know the devil's got a target on their back? Yeah. How many know He's trying to steal kill and destroy and do everything he can do to keep them from God? How much more should we be working together, purposely pursuing to see that person again, not convert them, but connect them to a real relationship with God. What if we begin to work together? I want to tell you what I think will happen. Unbelievable things will happen. We'll see souls saved, disciples made, and the works of the devil destroyed as God accomplishes his mission through his people. Now, I want to give you one more scripture here. Mark chapter 16, I don't think it's on the screen. It says, and they, speaking of the disciples, went out preaching everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And God, the Bible says, was working with them, confirming his word with accompanying signs, wonders, and miracles. I said at the beginning of this message that I believe the key that unlocks the supernatural is the mission of God. When you stop building your kingdom and you start building God's kingdom, then God works with you. (laughs) And you plant and you water and God gives the increase. And you pray, and you witness, and you love, and you share, and you serve, and God saves, and God delivers, and God shows up, and God shows out supernaturally on your behalf in the life of people that need to know Him. It's amazing what will happen when you start working with God. See, most people, unfortunately, even Christian people, are working their own agenda, building their own kingdom. And we don't need God's power to build our kingdom. But when we start working on God's mission, we start pursuing our divine assignment, then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Just like in the book of Mark chapter 16, God works with us confirming the word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Souls are saved, the sick are healed, the oppressed are set free, and people are made alive in Christ. And if you want to see the power of God, then start giving yourself to the mission of God. Because you'll be amazed at what will happen when you start stepping out in faith to be a part of God's kingdom. Because God will show up and God will show out, amen? On your behalf and in your life. So we have a goal to connect people to God. We have a deadline. Today is a day of salvation, right? We have a team. We're working together and we're working with God. But I want you to look at this last point we have a strategy. And our strategy is really simple. We are going to bless our world with Jesus. How are we going to connect people to the God that created them, the God that loves them, the God that sent His Son Jesus to die for them? We're going to bless the world. Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3, it's not on the screen, but I want you to write it down. The Bible says, this is speaking of Abram or Abraham, the Lord God said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. Look at what he says to Abram. He says, and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt and all families on earth will be blessed through you. God's strategy in Genesis 12 to bless the families and nations of the world was to bless Abraham. God says, "I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to make you great and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to make you famous and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to prosper you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to anoint you and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to help you and you're going to be a blessing." So God's strategy of blessing the world with the message of his son was to bless His people. So we're going to bless the world. A simple strategy that's going to help us reach our world for Christ. I'm about to share with you in just a minute that simple strategy, and then we're going to unpackage it for the next four weeks. This strategy came from a guy, his name is Dave Ferguson. Dave Ferguson uh, is a part of a ministry called Exponential, it's a church growth multiplication church planning strategy that says, hey, we want to plant churches in places where the light of Christ is not being displayed, and we want to make a voice for Christ in a world of darkness. And so a couple years ago he said he was in prayer and he was praying, God, how do we equip and train our people to reach the people in their circle of influence? He said, everybody I know knows somebody that doesn't know Jesus. How can we help those people to reach those people that don't know God? And he said, I was praying and I was asking the Lord, God, give us wisdom, give us a strategy, give us insight. And he said, in that process, he said, I ran across a a, a study that was done of two mission teams in Thailand. He said, there were two mission teams that went to Thailand, and one of them went with the sole purpose is they were going to convert people to Christianity. And the other team went with the sole purpose of, we want to bless the people of Thailand in the name of Jesus. And at the end of both those mission journeys, mission trips, I don't know how long they were, the team that went with the goal of converting people to Christianity actually won two people to Christ. But the team that went with the strategy of blessing the people of Thailand in the name of Jesus actually won a 100 people to Christ. A 100 people. And he said, when I read that, the Holy Spirit said, it's really simple. Bless the world. Bless the world in the name of Jesus. Bless the world in the mighty name of Jesus. And he said, you know, I'm a preacher. You know what us preachers do, right? He said, I had to make an acronym out of it. He said, but I began to pray over that. I began to think over, what does it mean to bless the world? He said, and God just gave me five simple things that he said, Dave, if we can just implement this in our daily lives, we can bless the world and we can connect people who are far from God into a personal relationship with God so they can be saved, set free, and made whole. So here it is. It's the last point in your outline. We're going to bless the world. How are we going to do that? Here's our strategy. We're going to be, we're going to begin with prayer. We're just going to begin with prayer. Now, in your handout this morning, you should have received a little uh, bookmark. Anybody get one of those little bookmarks? If you got one, wave it at me. There you go. Awesome. On the back of that bookmark, there's a, top, there's a place at the very top that has a place for you to write down three names. This is what I want you to do this week. I'm going to give you some homework today. How many know when you get an assignment, sometimes you get homework? Here's your homework. I want you to go home this week, and I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God to show you three people in your circle of influence that need to connect to Christ. Three people that are far from God. Lord, just show me three people that are in my circle of influence. I'm not talking about people on the other side of the world that you've never met, and I'm going to pray for Billy over here in Africa. No, I'm talking about somebody you know that you actually see and interact with, somebody in your circle that you know is far from God, and they need to connect to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to ask the Lord, God, show me three people. Now let me just encourage you in this, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little instruction right here. If you're a guy, ask God to show you three men, and if you're a woman, ask God to show you three women. Right? Men to men and women to women. Let me tell you why that is, because as we talk through this process, part of the process of blessing the world is that we're going to build a relationship with people that are far from God so they can come to know God, and men minister best to men, and women minister best to women, amen? So if you're a guy, ask God, show me three guys. If you're a lady, ask God, show me three ladies that I can help connect to Christ. The second thing I want you to do is this week is I want you to pray and ask God to show you other Christians that maybe know those same people that you could partner with in helping to reach out and raise that person up into a personal relationship with Christ. God, show me some people that are Christians that know those same people, and maybe we can partner together, and we can begin to reach out to that person to help them come to a life-giving relationship. Jesus Christ. So you're going to pray for three people, and you're going to pray that God would show you some people that are Christians that maybe know those same people that could help you reach out to them in the name of Christ. So the first letter is B. We're going to begin with prayer. The second letter is L. We're going to listen with care. It's amazing what we're going to learn, how that when we listen to what people are saying and we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, how we can effectively minister to people, and help them come to know Christ. We're going to, the third letter, this is a great letter, we're going to eat together. Don't you love that, guys? I knew all the men would, well, that's good, ain't it, Daryl? Have many know there's something spiritual about food? Something spiritual about food. Let me make my point very clear. You can come to church and worship together for five years, and then you can go share one meal together, and in one meal, you'll know more about that person than you did with worshiping together with them for five years. We're going to eat together. Why? Because in order to have a relationship, you got to cultivate a relationship. And so we're going to bless the Lord. We're going to begin with prayer. We're going to listen with care. We're going to eat together, the, the, the fourth letter, S. We're going to serve. With love, because how many of you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? And then, last but not least, we're going to share our story. We're going to share our story. Let me tell you what I've learned people can debate Scripture, but they can't debate your story. (laughs) They can argue Scripture. But they can't argue your story. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was broken, and now I'm healed. I was bitter, and now I have joy. I was full of hate, and now I'm filled with love. They can't argue that. And what we're going to learn is we're going to learn over the next four weeks, how do we bless our world? How do we begin using prayer? And prayer continues through every process. How do we listen? How do we eat? How do we serve? And how do we share in such a way that connects people to Christ? Remember, we're not trying to convert people because we think they're wrong. We're trying to connect people because we know God's good. Amen? And He's a good, good Father that loves every person that He made. So let's just bow our heads today. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I realize that probably most of us in this room are in that category. I want to challenge you with something today. Number one, take your assignment serious. Every day you have a mission mindset in your family. Every day you have a mission mindset on your job. Every day you should have a mission mindset about your Christian faith. So let's take our assignment series. And I want to challenge you to go home and just do what I asked you to do this week. Let's pray. God, show me three people that are far from you that need to connect to Christ. And God, show me people that know you that can partner with me as we reach these people to help them know Jesus. Because he's the greatest thing we can ever know. So I want to challenge you to do that. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I want to challenge you. Take serious our assignment. We have a goal. We have a deadline. We have a team. And we have a strategy. The second thing I want to do this morning is if you're here today and you realize, Pastor Keith, I don't know God. I don't know the God that created me. I don't know a God that loves me. And I don't know the God that sent his son Jesus to die for me. Maybe you know about God. That's religion, by the way. Religion knows about God. Christianity is knowing God. Maybe you know about God and you're religious, but maybe you don't know God and you know in your heart today you've never truly been saved. That's what the Bible calls it. It's called salvation. It's called being born again. It's it's called beginning anew. And you know in your heart of hearts today, you don't have a real relationship with God. And today you want that. I believe the Holy Spirit has already been talking to you today. He's already been dealing with your heart. And right now, you know in your heart of hearts that what you need more than anything is a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. And you're here today, and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to begin that relationship today. I may not understand everything, but I want to begin a relationship with God. I realize that today I'm a sinner, and my sin has separated me from God, but Jesus paid a debt he didn't know because I owed a debt I couldn't pay, and he has settled the account so we can be restored in relationship. So today, I want to receive that gift, the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness of sins, and I want to begin... A relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. If that's you right now, I want to ask you to just do something very simple and very powerful. It's powerful because it's an act of faith. It's simple because it's something you do every day. This is what I want to ask you to do. Just stand to your feet. Just a simple act of faith that says today I want to begin a relationship with God. Today I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I realize He paid the price for my sin. So I don't have to be separated from God. If that's you right now, I want you just to stand to your feet. We're not going to take much more time, but this is your moment and this is your hour. So if the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart right now, well, Pastor Keith, how do I know? You know because your heart's probably beating out of your chest right now. You know because everything in you is telling you this is you, this is your time, this is your moment. You need to stand. It's simple, but it's powerful. It's an act of faith that says, today, I want to begin a relationship with God. If that's you, stand right now. We're about to close in prayer. Well, Father God, today we thank you for the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for paying a price you didn't know, Because we owed a price we couldn't pay. We thank you for settling the accounts and for paving a way for us to have a relationship with you. So we pray your blessing and your anointing over every person today. Lord, may we be mission-minded. And may we live every day on purpose with the mission that you have in mind for us. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.